Oh, baby. Welcome back to Talking Sports Better Than Most. Well, last week we got to see the Sweet 16 in the Elite 8, and we look forward to this weekend in the Final Four, and then on Monday, the game for it all. Well, when we last left you, I posed Stephen the question, does the best team always win the NCAA tournament and the conversation that was taking place that it doesn't usually happen? And then we went through and did some research here on the podcast while we were on air and saying basically the one and two seeds win every year. And now we have no one and two seeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Do we don't got any three seeds, do we? No, I think four. Yeah, right. that's what Miami's a four seed. Fours, UConn and Miami, yep, and, and then, then uh, a nine and a... Who's the other team that I can't remember? Oh, uh, San Diego State's a five seed. Yeah, so four, two four, fours, five, a five, nine. and a nine. So at the very minimum, a four is going to win it. <clears throat> and um, so, Stephen, before we even talk about the games and talk about the upsets and talk about all that good stuff, I posed you that question. Do you think... When we crown a champion, no matter who it is, any of those four teams, do you think one of those four teams is really the best team in the country right now? Um, <clears throat> I mean, right now, obviously, for the most part, usually I would say then, yeah. But would I say the best team? Probably not this year. But, I mean, that's that's what brings the, the greatest, that's what the greatest thing about March Madness is you play the game for a reason, so... All right, going to happen. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's go. Let's start off with San Diego State. They beat Bama, and then they win a controversial game against Creighton, a late foul. San Diego State, hey, what did I say last week? I did pick them to beat Bama, if you remember. I said they play mm-hmm. a great defense. Um, so defensively, San Diego State plays great, and it's um, some Michigan men, actually, who brought that program, right? Steve Fisher. Mm-hmm. And a longtime Michigan assistant who's the current coach um, <clears throat> kind of built that program to what it is today, and they finally get over the hump and make it to the Final Four. Well, maybe they never made it to the leader either. No, I don't think so. All I know is they offensively are a little challenged, um, but they don't need to worry about that because the defense keeps them in. And now yeah. the defense is going to be going up against FAU, which I know is a pretty, you know, decent offense, but. You gotta, you, you know, we have this conversation of football, right? Mm-hmm. Does a great defense sometimes neutralize and beat a great offense? I mean, it can go both ways. But um, that's really what you have here. You have FAU playing great offensively and um, San Diego straight great defensively. So, I mean, are you surprised? I mean, yes, we're all, all surprised. But what was your thoughts on San Diego State making it to the Final Four? Uh, that's just a tough team to, uh, tough team to beat. Um, keeping Creighton to 56 points. And I mean, when you can keep a team offensively, you know, <clears throat> out of their comfort zone, I mean, you're always in the game. Um, San Diego State may not usually let up scoreboard, but at the same time, their best player, I think, has been the player that's been playing pretty badly, Bradley. Um, I mean, if he gets it going, this team could be, you know, quite more, a little bit more sound offensively, you know. Uh, I don't know if that will end up changing or not, but either way, um, I mean, it's awesome stuff to see. Um, we got, like you said, two four seeds, five seed, and a nine seed. Um, it's the first time in ever since the seeding began um, that there were no one seeds in the Elite Eight, and now there's no one or two seeds even in the Final Four, no three seeds. So um, it's truly, I mean, I don't know. If, obviously, we'll see how the Final Four and the National Championship end up going about, but it could be one of the crazier 
years ever in the tournament, with especially with upsets. Maybe even the, the most uh, crazy upsets in parody um, ever. Well, well, I was correct about my friends at San Diego State. You were correct in saying the Kansas State-Michigan State game was going to be an unbelievable game, and it really <clears> did. Yep. And it kind of set me up for the fact that Kansas State looked unbeatable, especially when they're going against FAU. Yep, and that was going to be a cakewalk. FAU comes back, they win. Yep. Um, FAU was ranked, I believe, top 25, 25 yep, spot. Yep. Um, but honestly, I were you more shocked that FAU made it or that Kansas State, after putting on that offensive clinic against Michigan State, didn't advance? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, FAU, they, I, I got a lot, at the end of the game, FAU just kept themselves in it, and then the, uh, Keontae Johnson got fouled out. So it was primarily on Noel to be <clears throat> the main offensive. Um, that son of a gun shoots it from everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he shoots it from eight feet behind the line. take the mm. final shot? I don't so get that one. I'm surprised, he didn't, I'm surprised he passed the ball out. Yeah, with even six guys yeah. in space, he should have shot it, right? I mean, yeah. so Johnson I, I, struggled, though. Yeah, he didn't have a very good game, but at the end, you could tell that FAU probably was the better team because they were so reliant on Noel at the end where I feel like FAU can play without one guy or it looked like Kansas State kind of needed uh, Johnson on the floor um, because they literally look, they really looked like they were um, out of sorts with just having Noel on the floor. Um, so I would say give props to FAU. Um, they went out there and won the game. So um, impressive stuff with what they're doing. And I also read, did you see that the coach um, – Signed the deal with FAU and then wanted to quit. Wanted to quit. So um, I would say it's been a life-changing tournament for him, and I mean I'm sure he'll have a different job somewhere else after this year. Look at that: um, 20 million brackets on ESPN's tournament channels, and 37 had the all four correctly. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, wow, it's the best of stuff. So Stephen, if FAU <clears throat> would win the national championship, do you think it'd be the greatest? Would it yeah. be the greatest Cinderella of all time? I mean, I don't know how you would. Say it isn't. I mean, did they say they didn't even have a basketball team before 1991 or something? I mean, oh, I don't know. I don't know the stories behind that, but I think it would have to be the greatest Cinderella run of all time because you're capping it off with a national championship. Um, even without a national championship, even if they get just the national championship game and lose, um, I still think you could argue that it's the greatest Cinderella run of all time. But capping it off with a national championship, and I think you don't have an argument. How about that Boca Raton? Of course, all the Seinfeld um, memes over the weekend because of Boca Raton where um, the Seinfelds lived um, <clears throat> or would go and visit, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Miami, the ca- football capital, I'm sorry, the basketball capital of the world. So um, we'll flip over to the other side of the bracket, Miami. Miami, a team that I think a lot of people didn't give enough credit to. Um, actually, Miami's a five seed. I looking up there. I didn't realize. I thought they were four. Oh, so the Indiana was a four. Yeah, I'm That's right. Um, so first thing Miami does is they go and beat the crap out of Houston. Um, and then they get down to Texas. When we were playing basketball last night, I think Texas was 12 with like yeah. nine minutes to go. I think it looked like Houston was, I mean, um, Texas. Texas was going to win that game with no problem. And Miami comes storming back. A team that was always the underdog, kept winning. Um, I told you I'm rooting for Jim Laranega. I want to see him win. Started here in Bowling Green not too long ago when he was a coach here. 
Then, of course, went over to George Mason, and you and I forgot that they had made it to the Final Four um, <clears throat> with George Mason, but they did. And now taking Miami to the Final Four, um, and he loves to dance. They they love showing him dancing in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got some great players. They put some money into it. Of course, the controversy is NIL, but you and I had a long conversation about we're not quite sure why that was such a big deal. But um, in the end, Miami gets it done. They shoot the ball well. What? How many free throws did you say they had yesterday? They shot 32, and they made 28 of them. That's That was a third of their points, folks, on free throw. So, yeah, he um, started at Bowling Green in 1986. Yeah, I can remember him being there. So um, good for him. Um, I think he's in his 70s now. Mm-hmm. It'd be great for him kind of maybe to end his career with the championship. I know one thing. If I was him and I won the national championship, you'd have to retire. Be long gone, folks. Um, so what's your take on how that bracket? I, I feel bad Houston didn't make it to Houston. Um, Texas, of course, would have loved to make it to Houston. The fans would have just absolutely um, filled that stadium. Um, so what's your take right now on what you see potentially with Miami coming out of that side of the bracket? I mean, I think Miami is going to – I think the winner of the national championship is going to come out of that game. Miami and UConn, and Miami has impressed me and surprised me at the same time. Um, I'm a fan of Jim Laranega and Miami. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won again and won the national championship. Uh, but I really like I really like uh, all of Miami. Like that point guard. I don't know if he's a point guard or not. And Wong, I'm not sure if that's how you say it or not. But <clears throat> I'll be rooting for him. But like I said, I think the national championship comes out of UConn and Miami. I just think that there's no question. Now, granted, I've been wrong a lot of times already in this tournament. Um, I disagree with you. I'm going to give you my picks in a little bit. Well, I'm just saying, so you disagree with me in the fact that you think the National Championship team is going to come out of San Diego State or FAU? Yes. Okay. Well, I disagree with that, but at the same time, um, if you're a betting man or a woman, um, you'd probably be doing pretty well if you just went against what, what I said. Who's... Nope. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I just... I don't know, UConn really impressed me when they absolutely slaughtered Gonzaga. I, I thought Gonzaga was going to win that game, and I couldn't have been farther from being right. Well, yeah, I mean, it was rough because Timmy got those fouls so quick. Yeah, I, I know, but... I would have liked to see Timmy play the whole game. <clears throat> the bottom line is Gonzaga did not... They're too young. They well, don't they're have too reliant on Timmy. I mean, if they would have had the point guard, for, I can't think what his name was from last year. Um, they had two young freshmen, I believe... You're not talking um, about Suggs, are you? Yeah. He was two years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, he was the one that made that shot against UCLA. Well, I mean... I, when Mark Few made the national championship yeah. game? <laughs> they're just young. They did it. I just think they didn't have enough offensive <laughs> yeah. talent. Um, especially with UConn. It just looked from the tip. Everywhere. It was UConn. Um, and then obviously Drew Timmy being in foul trouble didn't help them. I just remember um, Jay Bill is talking on Selection Sundays that UConn's just big. They're tall. And that that has a way to, to win in the NCAA tournament. So... Um, I mean, I remember hearing their name. I I never thought necessarily Gonzaga was the favorite down there. Um, who else did you have? You had UCLA, of course, had an injury which knocked them out. And, of course, Kansas, the defending national champs, were there. But, I mean, I think the thing is UConn just, they haven't even thought about struggling. You know, if you go back to San Diego State, San Diego State should have lost at least four times already. Um, FAU should have lost... You and I watched that game, FAU, 
Um, I thought maybe it was you. Maybe I wasn't with you. When we watched FAU play Memphis. I did not watch that game. Oh. Well, somebody and I was watching it. But, I mean, Memphis should have lost that. Memphis should have won that game. I mean, it was yeah, a bad call at the end. Um, FAU probably could have lost a couple of times. Miami's been Miami. Um, I mean, I, this has truly been just win and move advance. I mean, it's survive and advance. advance. And, um, UConn, though, on the flip side, has... You just they saved yourself a lot. They won four games. I think they won them all by double digits. Yeah, I think and three of them by twenty or more. Yeah, I, I just say to myself, this is either going to be UConn's just going to absolutely steamroll everybody. I mean, they're just hot and they're going to steamroll, or have they played their best basketball now? Let's see. I mean, a lot of things happen, right? They're playing. There's a lot of things that you could say because they're going to have another. They're going to have a week off now after their best game, probably maybe of the season, or at least in the most important time to have a good game. And now they get a week off. Playing um, in a dome sometimes affects the yeah. shooters, right? You know, I mean, depth perception-wise. Um, and, again, now they're the favorite. Mm-hmm. They're the hunted. Yeah. They kind of snuck in. They didn't have any close games, so nobody was talking about them. Now they're the favorite. Everybody expects them to win. If they don't win, it's going to be a letdown. So it is a little bit different now, kind of, the, the lay of the land with them. Um, but definitely... They've looked the best so far. Yeah, you, you can't. I don't think you can agree, disagree with that one. I think that's if you just look at the facts of the games. I mean, UConn definitely looks like the the team that should win it all. So think about this: we got no Pac-12, no Big 12, no SEC, no Big Ten. I mean, we talk about we parody. have one Power Five school. Yeah, I mean, we talk about parity and. I think you and I say this all the time, even when we do our college football podcast uh-huh. the last few years, last year or two. Like, parity is meant for college basketball. Uh-huh. It's not ever going to take place in college football. Uh-huh. I mean, don't get me wrong, maybe one year Michigan State has a chance to make the playoff, but that's the most parity we'll end up having in college football. Um, unlike here, college basketball, where it looks like in the year of the NIL, with people being able to go not have to sit out. It clearly looks like college basketball is going to be parity full for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. And that I think this is what's going to be the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know if this is going to be the norm. I mean, this is... I'm saying, though, I wouldn't be surprised if you're not going to have more of these mm-hmm. non-Power 5 conference teams making it gotcha. farther now yeah. than ever before. I'm not going to well, say I mean, that's going to happen in basketball. I mean, like UConn isn't a Power 5 school, but... They they are they are acting as one because I mean they won the national championship in 2010 2014 and obviously plenty before that but um there's a lot of, there's like a lot of teams like like Creighton I mean like those teams in college basketball uh, that I mean they're kind of like a power five school and the fact that they are obviously pretty yeah, much I mean, for the most part year in year out I mean yeah Gonzaga yeah I mean so without question I'm just saying still. Connecticut, to me, is a perennial powerhouse in college basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they've struggled for a few years. Miami's a perennial powerhouse in sports, mm-hmm. but not necessarily has been. But they've been good in basketball for years now. Yeah. I mean, this is not like a one-hit wonder. They, this is just the first time that they've really had like a deep run in yeah. the tournament for as long as I can really San remember. San Diego State, they've had good – Steve mm-hmm. Fisher's had them good for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, before turning over the program. I mean, like – this is normal. Yes, FAU's the exception, yeah. but those other three schools are not necessarily mm-hmm. new. Well, um, it's different when you can fill the team with just, 
I mean, most college teams at this point probably only rotate to about eight guys. Where obviously in college football, you got to have you have twenty two starters. Right. Actually, you have more than that because special teams. I'm but. just saying. When I said that, I think I don't think we're going to start. I I don't think you're always going to see any more North Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I think those days are year gone. In and year out. I think you're going to see. Well, yeah, NIL has probably helped that because some of the schools, you know, and, and donors and stuff like that, they can get those guys to go to play there, play wherever. Um, where in football, that's probably not going to happen because you just know you have no chance if you go to, um, you know, a tiny school. Bill South is always going to recruit great players. And yeah. Probably Kansas is going to have more NBA players. I, I completely agree with that. But with that being said, I just don't see um, – I think last year, Blue Bloods prevailed. I just don't know going forward if that's what I see. Again, sure, the Dukes of the world are going to make it and so on, but um, and it, it's good. Now, with that being said, we were talking about it just now over dinner. I could care less who wins. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no matchup. I mean, first of all, the game ain't going to tip to 920. I'll mm-hmm. be... But... I'll watch the game. There's no matchup that I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I wanted to see Gonzaga win the national championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just wanted to see that two years ago. I stayed up. Last year I could care less, even though they were big names. Like, there's just no no combination where I'm like, oh now if FAU wins, I think it'd be great. It'd be mm-hmm. wonderful. Love to see it. Yeah. But to me, I, I agree. I, we we had all the fun, we had all the excitement, we had all the upsets. We really didn't have many buzzer beers necessarily. We had close games, but not necessarily a couple. But I don't know if there were really many that were like literally yeah, that's in I'm the net like. as the buzzer went off. Right. But there were a few of them that like were shots were hit with like three seconds yeah. left or something. I mean, Four the games were wonderful. Or... It was a wonderful tournament. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of the games were not blowouts. But with that being said, um, the question is what the ratings? What are going to happen when yeah. CBS gets those ratings? I mean, well, the thing is, when you Saturday think about night. somebody like a team like Duke or North Carolina or Kansas or this or that, first off, you get their fan base involved, and their fan bases obviously are very large, so you get a lot of people tuned in. And then you get a lot of people tuned in rooting against those teams because no one wants them to win, right? right. Well, yeah. obviously, Good point. FAU has obviously a much a much smaller fan base, and no one's rooting against them. <laughs> yeah, except for, so, like, for San Diego. Yeah, except I for mean, San Diego residents. Yeah, so... Ratings probably would be lower, and then also there's just not like I'm trying to think of like a big name that we had in college basketball a couple of years ago or something like that. Like there isn't like really anybody on any of those teams that you you though no. you go as this could be the next great in the NBA. Well, like, I mean, people love Drew Timmy, right? Like yeah. I mean, everybody knew Drew Timmy, so I mean, uh, I don't it's know. Just that it doesn't catch your eyes as much. So yeah, the ratings are probably going to be lower. But am I like, am I am I disappointed about how it's gone about? No, um, I mean maybe I guess the Texas game last night because I could have won two bracket groups if Texas would have won. But um, I'm not like disappointed in the way things have gone, and I'm always rooting for an upset. I think it's fun to watch those teams win, and obviously not most well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was going against Michigan, I guess, but. Um, I mean, it's always fun. Like I said, it's always fun to watch an upset, and then when it and it comes, you usually think it comes to an end. So, FAU has proven to us that uh, maybe it doesn't come to an end. No, like I said, I just I we said this in the college football season. Please, people, do not confuse college basketball and college football. They're two completely different entities. You're going to see parity here. 
we just saw that just about any team when Florida Atlantic made their little run, boom. Hey, I got a question for you before we make these picks, because I hear this is a pretty controversial thought, and I'm wondering what you think. Florida Atlantic's coach. I mean, Florida Atlantic has been struggling. Yes, they make the tournament on a technicality, mm-hmm. and their coach wins a game against Purdue and then gets hired over Fairly at... Fairleigh Dickinson? I mean, Fairleigh Dickinson, I'm sorry. Um, their coach then gets hired over at Iona, mm-hmm. basically because he beat Purdue. Mm-hmm. I mean... You really think though he's that good of a coach? You think one one game should should move you move your career? Well, I saw somebody saying something about that, and I mean that's going to always happen. Yeah, but at the it. same time, I do think he is a good coach. I mean, just being able to watch a few things that he did, but at the same time, I think I mean I didn't actually look at his record beyond that. I have to like look at it to to find out. But um, I mean, do I think it's a mistake on Iona's part? No. No, I mean, I mean, I can be honest with you. I thought they could have made the Sweet Sixteen. I thought I thought they could have beaten FAU. Um, they just thought that they kind of ran out of gas. And um, I mean, they were a 16 seed, fairly Dickinson, with what they had. Um, they were definitely maxing out what they had. So, do I think it was a mistake on Iona's part? No, I think I think he was deserving of it. I mean, I told Trina that right after the game happened. I said that he's going to have a job somewhere else after yeah. this year ends. So. Um, and it was within, like, a day or something like that. He had already gotten the new job. And now, obviously, it was because of Patino leaving, and they wanted somebody in there quickly, obviously, with Iona. But um, do I think it's a mistake? No, I think he can coach. Um, at the same time, I mean, you could say that about a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches see early success and then kind of, eh, after that. So um, I don't think it's a mistake. But I, I did see something about somebody tweeting about that, how, like, a – Tonight is an overreaction to hire somebody after one game, but um, yeah, no, I liked him as I thought he did a good job. So, well, here we go. I'm gonna take Miami to beat UConn. I think Miami is just a gritty team. Um, they only made two threes, I think you said last night. Um, I think they're a better shooting team than that. I think UConn has all the pressure. I think UConn has. Dominate it to the point to where it'll be interesting to see them get in a close game and see how their players react. Um, and I just selfishly want to see Jim Laranega have a chance at a title. So I'm going to go Miami over um, UConn. Um, I don't think that'll be a popular pick. I think as you're talking, I'll look to see what the lines are. But um, I'm going to go Miami. I think UConn was a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think San Diego State was like a two-point favorite. If yep. I- Five and a half and two, yep. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> for the games, I think you have to go with UConn. They've just looked so good. Now, granted, um, anyone listening to the podcast, probably take Miami because I just said UConn. So, um, I think UConn probably wins the game just because I think they've been playing better. I mean, have you, if you've watched them, I mean, most teams don't make it to the Final Four and have three games in, of, of, of wins by over 20 points. I just... I would like to know how many times that's happened in the tournament, um, especially with a team that wasn't like we need the bear. The overall one the seed. Oh jeez, bear basilica. Yeah, um, he he probably wouldn't work for us with the salary that we'd be paying him. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I don't think many teams have done what they've done so far. <clears throat> Do I think they're the greatest team of all time? Do I think they're the best team in college basketball? No, but they're playing their best basketball when it counts. So that obviously helps. And then in the other game, I'm, I want to keep riding the wave. 
I shouldn't say keep riding the wave. I'm going to start riding the wave. Uh, I'm going to go with FAU. I think FAU shoots the ball really well, and they find a way to beat San Diego State. San Diego State has, has won their games, but they, they have done it in a um, in a tough way. Uh, if you were a fan of, of San Diego State, you have probably had some cardiac issues in a few of the games. So uh, I'll, I'll go with... Uh, FAU, I think they find a way to shoot the ball well enough late in the games. And to be honest with you, I think FAU has gone out there and won those games. Yeah. I mean, even against, obviously against Memphis, a crazy good game. FDU, uh, they were down at points in that game. Found a way to come back and win. Um, who they beat in the Sweet 16? Uh, uh, the brackets are so messed up, I can't even tell you. Um, FAU has Tennessee. Beaten- Tennessee, they they do impress me with this. It's a good thing I looked at this. FAU rebounds the ball like they got a bunch of seven-footers on the floor. I mean, they out-rebounded Tennessee late in the game when it counted. And they out-rebounded, uh, who they play again? I already forgot. On Saturday, who they play? Kansas State. Kansas State. They out-rebounded them late in the game. So, um, Tennessee, or not Tennessee, FAU really impresses me with the way they rebound the ball, with the way that they are able to get buckets when it counts late in the games. Um, they just look like a team that doesn't look like they, they look like a team that's been there. They look like a team that is comfortable in the moment that they're in. And you don't see that a lot with teams that have literally never been there. And all those guys have never played in games like this. I mean, they're 36 and three, I think. Yeah. So I think FAU, I think San Diego state just to shoot bricks. They play good defense. <clears throat> I think FAU though is versatile inside. They pass the ball well, they um, rebound, and they shoot the ball well. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a formula for success on Saturday. And I FAU is playing UConn in the national championship. Yeah, I agree with you. I think FAU wins. Um, I love them as an underdog, um, and I'll take FAU over Miami to win the national championship. Um, I love, like I said, Jer- Jim Laranega, but I think the more you watch this. I think FAU is the second best team left in the yeah, tournament. No, I, I agree I with mean, that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't pick UConn, but UConn, without question, is the number one team right now. Yeah. But I think FAU is the second best team. Um, I think they fundamentally do everything right. I think we have an all Florida final, and I think FAU. That would be kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, they're I only like sixty miles apart or something. That's just um, crazy. And I think in the end, I think FAU wins the national championship and becomes the greatest story. Um, I know Jim Belmonte's team had to win a conference tournament to get. Yeah, in. I was thinking and about that too. Win originally when you asked um, me like all time of where that would rank. But I don't even think it's a story. Obviously, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a story to it. To it but um, I don't think I don't think I don't think FAU would even or NC State's win would even be comparable to what FAU has done. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying in this day and age with the talent that's out there, yeah. the field of 64, for FAU to go through and beat the Giants that they beat, yeah. I think that's a pretty big a pretty big thing. So I think FAU... I mean, NC State is a Power 5 school. They have all the assets that they need to have won a national championship. Obviously, they did it. I mean, they beat, what, Virginia with, like, Ralph Sampson, and yeah. they beat... Um, did they beat 5 Simon Chama? I don't know. Uh, well, either way, I think FAU, if they win a national championship, there's... We're not showing our age, though. Yeah. Um, they absolutely would be the greatest story of all time, and I think in sports in general. I don't think it just limits it to college basketball. 
Yeah. So I'll take FAU over Florida. Who you got, FAU or UConn? I don't know. I just I'm gonna go with the Cinderella story as well and just say FAU. Now though, they'll probably lose Saturday. Now that we say that, but I don't know. I just really like FAU. That I mean, every time when I think, man, they're down, they're out of this. They come back down and hit a three, get a defensive stop, at another three, and they get a steal layup, and they're eight quick points. And it's just like they shock teams. Like they just look so comfortable late in games, and they get rebounds. And it's just like box somebody out. But obviously, they find a way to to get rebounds and put themselves in position to get it, uh, get the rebound. So, I don't know. They, they really have impressed me. I've been able to watch a lot of the games that they've played in late, and they just impressed me with the way they play. Um, they just look like they're never rattled. They look like they're so comfortable, and they look like they're just ready for the moment. So, I don't know if that's – I don't know who's to um, – I guess I don't know how to say it. Like, who's to attribute that success to? I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's just those guys. Um, that are playing for FAU that just believe in themselves that much. But obviously when you win 36 games, you know you're doing something right. So it could just be in, a, in locker room confidence when you've won 36 games already and you know you've been able to beat a lot of good teams. So Well, there you have it. We are both calling for the first number nine seed to ever win the national title. FAU will shock the nation and win the national championship. Next week we will have, well, it depends if we tape the podcast on Monday or Tuesday. We might be previewing the national championship game. Wait, and our, pick, our pick may be out. So we'll go from there. Um, well, I guess hey, depends. the women's bracket. So I have to talk about it because Ohio State's in it. Oh, no, I don't have Ohio State in anything except women's college basketball. So we got two teams in the Final Four. We got LSU. We got Iowa. And tonight it's South Carolina versus Maryland, Ohio State, Virginia Tech. I'm going to go with South Carolina <laughs> to advance, and I think the Buckeyes march on to the Final Four. Virginia Tech only plays six players. Um, they got the crap beat out of them. I'm going to go the Buckeyes march in Seattle to set up Ohio State LSU over on Friday night, I believe. I actually got something to do on Friday night. I'm going to take the Buckeyes to beat LSU and play, that's right, South Carolina for the national championship, and I refuse to pick that game. You should do a parlay today with Maryland and Ohio State. I bet you'd win a lot of money. I would, but I'm not. Why not? Because I'm not a dumbass. Why do you say that? I don't know, but I'm not doing it. Ohio State marches to the national championship game to play South Carolina, and folks, you never know, upsets. And hey, Iowa could beat South Carolina. I mean, you got the most electrifying player yeah. in women's college basketball. Putting She might put up 70 points next week. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. She might have to. She's gonna have to take a lot of shots, and I'll probably watch it. I don't know when the game. Yeah. When, when's the game? Um, set Friday night are the two final, final four course. games, and then oh. Sunday is the national championship. So, so I'm going Buckeyes, and I think the Buckeyes beat South Carolina win the national championship. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean that would be good for the Big Ten to at least if they if the Buckeyes could win tonight, then you have two teams in the final four like we did in college football. Obviously, you know, go our ways there. But um, it'd be good to see, you know, both both those teams. The Big Ten, though, has been good in college women's college basketball year. I mean, we don't talk about it on here, but they've had yeah. ranked teams, Michigan, yeah. Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, yeah, Iowa. One seed. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the Big Ten has, has proven itself in yeah. women's college basketball. We got a ways to go. Um, <clears throat> but Ohio State, they press. We talked about this. The men need to do it, but the women do it. So um, that's where we'll leave it. Hey, 
So tons of college basketball. Depending on when we do the podcast next week, we'll either have the national championship game over with or we'll be previewing it hours before the big game. All right, NFL news today. Lamar Jackson officially came out and said he requested a trade on March 2nd. It's now March 27th. Um, and it looks like, I guess, nobody wants him. So, Stephen, if you were a general manager, if you were a head coach, if you had the chance, would you want Lamar Jackson as your number one quarterback? I probably wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Whoa! Um, what do you mean? It's Lamar Jackson. No, I think you he's... Got his- Freaking Jersey. I think he's a good player. I'm not saying that. Oh what I'm God. saying is if he wants the money and the contract and the guarantees that he wants, you're just putting yourself in into liabilities All at right, that so point. Here we go. You're building an NFL franchise. Oh, God. Forget money. Forget oh. money. you got as much money as you want. Okay. Would you rather have – I'm just going to name names. You tell me if you'd rather have them over Lamar Jackson uh-huh. to start your franchise. Okay. We'll start easy. Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes. Jared Allen. You mean Josh? Allen? Oh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You really threw me for a yeah. loop there. Josh Allen. Um, I really like Josh Allen. Okay. So, but it's so hard there. No, I'll go good. Josh Allen though. All right. I think right. he's had more consistent success. Joe Burrow. Gosh, it makes him. I'm not making it look like I don't like Lamar because I would have to go with Joe Burrow too. Justin Herbert. I'll go Lamar. Oh my god, you did that purposely. You know, if you were starting an NFL franchise, you would take Lamar Jackson over Justin Herbert. Well, what has Justin Herbert done? Oh my god, he's the quarterback of the future. What has he done in the hay? He's done, I mean, put up huge statistics. He's had tons of injuries. Offensive up. Statistics mean nothing. I'm talking about wins. Wow. Who has more MVPs? I got a better one for you. <laughs> yeah, the MVPs are show slot. Would you rather have um, Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson? So you're saying like today? No, like- Tom Brady two years ago. On the sole fact that he wins games, I would go Tom Brady. Okay. I mean, like Aaron, Aaron part of his career, Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. You know I hate Lamar. I mean, uh, I know. Just honestly, in a football, you're on a podcast. Gosh, I can't say anything right. Lamar. Over Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Have you been smoking weed? A little. Oh, my God. What is Aaron Rodgers in the last, this last season? What did he do? To give me any belief that he's going to do anything? Too well? Oh, I gotta go Lamar because Tua can't even. Tua's gonna be checked into a assisted living Dad facility Prescott? too soon. Oh boy, I think I always think Dak Prescott is gonna surprise me, and you know he can throw the ball around, but man, he is a turnover machine. So I'll have to go Lamar. I forgot what's the quarterback from Philadelphia. I can't remember what his name is. We just made this. Oh, Super Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Over Lamar. Yeah. Wow. Oh. There's there's some quarterbacks in the league right now that just give you that confidence that you're gonna they're gonna go out there and win every single game for you. Obviously, are they literally gonna go out there and win every single game? No, but they give you that confidence. I mean, like Mahomes, Burrow, Jalen Hurts, like those guys. I can just think of right off the top of my head that I just believe every time that they um, get under center that they, that your team is going to win. So I don't know. It's just a difference. I mean, I don't know. I just really like 
Burrow. I like I, even the way Hurts played in the game in the Super Bowl. I mean, I just thought he looked really good. Um, they obviously things didn't work out for him. They lost Super Bowl, but I mean, he looked really good all year. He looked pretty good in the Super Bowl. He looked good everywhere. So, wow, I like him. It's just interesting to hear. Um, that's why Lamar Jackson's not going to get paid but, I mean, the money. It, yeah, it's because he wants the whole world. He wants he the wants, guaranteed yeah. money. And I mean, we played. No one, why would you want him? Cleveland and Arizona did yeah. this. I mean, Cleveland decided to go out and get a predator to be their quarterback and give them unlimited because they're so desperate. And Arizona, I don't know. I mean, we still don't even know where the coach is. I mean, he could still be in Thailand. I mean, they did this. Kyler Murray never won anything, um, and they gave him all that money. Um, and that, that they're they are you know they want to go after the NFL execs executives and they want to claim racism and all that kind of stuff, folks. No, it's two organizations. Arizona and Cleveland did this. Mm-hmm. That is why they're not getting the money. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no one else to blame. Yeah, I mean that that's just the way it is. So we'll see what I mean, happens. It's something to me, like when I I think we talked about it maybe last week with leverage, um, like. The Packers are going to lose in the Aaron Rodgers situation because you have to get rid of him because he's not going to play for you. Um, and whatever you're going to, you're not going to get back what you probably deserve for giving up Aaron Rodgers. No. Because every other franchise in the NFL knows that you are begging to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So they know that they can get whatever they want. Yeah. Or they know that they can give you back whatever you'll accept or whatever they'll they'll give you, I should no. say. Um so I think it's the same thing with Lamar. I mean, like, the Ravens and the Packers are in horrible situations right now because of their quarterbacks. I I really don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't have as much of a problem with Lamar, but I think he's being stupid. Yeah. I mean, you can't expect... The, the thing is, he doesn't even have a, a representative. He, well, I don't even know him saying that. Like, no, I'm just saying, he's his own agent, so it's yeah. not like he's got someone out there kind of wheeling yeah. and dealing for him. Yeah. They have to talk directly to him or his mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems like... Everything is just discombobulated, yeah. and he's he's making some of this mess now, like you yeah. said. I mean, he's making this mess, too, and it's just... And I, I just don't, don't think he deserves what he's trying to get because, I mean, look what Patrick Mahomes got. Or look what he's done. How much time has Lamar Jackson missed the last yeah. few years? I mean, I mean he didn't play last year, and then the one year that he did win the MVP, I believe, and the Baltimore Ravens were, like, the one seed, maybe? Yeah, they lost, they the lost in the first round. round. Right. So, like, what has he done? Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls. He's been to, what, four? Um, or three. I can't remember if it's been four or three. I think it's been to four. I can't remember. Either way. He lost one for sure. Yeah, he lost one to Tom Brady. So I think he's been to four straight championship games or five or whatever. But, I mean, obviously what he's done is he has reason to kind of get whatever he wants. I mean, he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's once in a lifetime player. Um, he has a lot to fall back on and say, this is why I deserve as much money as I want. Lamar just doesn't really have that, in my opinion. I love Lamar. I love watching him, but I just don't think he has the leverage in the fact that he hasn't. I mean, what has he really done? He won an MVP. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a if I'm a fan of a player and a team fan, I want to watch Super Bowls. I don't want to watch an MVP. Yeah, Lamar does nothing. For and, not, and obviously, Patrick Mahomes has MVPs. MVPs too. He got two of them, so he's doubled him up on MVPs. He's won two Super Bowls. He's been to the championship game. Five times, the AFC Championship game and five the thing times. Is now, it's unbelievable. not only is the team going to have to pay him, but they're going to have to give up tons of draft picks. Yeah. I mean, that's not... I don't think anybody wants to do that. No, I mean, it's one thing that you're going to have to pay him all this guaranteed yeah. money. 
But now you're going to have to give up at least yeah. probably two first rounders. You're selling your organization, essentially. I mean, that's a For lot. That. Two two first rounders, a ton of other draft picks, and uh, guaranteed money. money. I mean, it just no team's going to do it. Hey, before we move on from the NFL, though, <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that Zeke Elliott's time ended in Dallas, and he says he's got three teams: the Bengals, the Eagles, and oh, there's a third team. He's oh, the Jets. Oh, where do you think would be a good spot for Zeke? Would any of those three organizations really? Buffalo. I mean, first of all, Buffalo, uh, the Jets don't need them. They the got a rookie when Hall, Hall got injured. I believe his name was. He was on my fantasy team. And another couple of running backs. Like I, I don't see them needing him. Um, I can't believe Philadelphia would bring him in. They already got a pretty. They do need maybe more a, a, a smash mouther. But I think Zeke's past his prime in doing that. And then would the Bengals really bring him on? You think? The I mean, I guess as long as as long as he's not getting a ginormous contract, I don't. I wouldn't be against bringing him in. I mean, it just depends on what you know money that they're talking about with uh, getting a contract underway for him. Because obviously, with the Cowboys, I would say he was grossly overpaid in his time there. Um, but like I said last time, I think I think it was last week we talked about it. Just a change of scenery was probably what he needed um, to get out of out of uh, Dallas. Was probably a pretty pretty good for him. So. I'm not rooting against him. Um, if he plays well, I'll be happy for him. But um, I don't know where he would go. Uh, I mean, the Bengals. I mean, you got P. Ryan and uh, who was the main running back? It's Joe Mixon. Yeah. But Mixon, he's having a lot of drama, isn't he? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, he could be. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. maybe he goes to the Bengals. Yeah. I guess it wouldn't Went be a bad. Went to Ohio State there with Joe Burrow. Oh yeah, he'd be back with Joe. Yeah. I about so that. Um, it could be interesting. I thought. Um, now, to change seasons, I guess, that's the crack of the baseball bats. It's almost April, and Steven has an optimistic view maybe on the Detroit Tigers. An optimistic view of 20 games under five hundred. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it's optimistic as a Tigers fan, but uh, I don't know if most teams, most fans wouldn't be very optimistic about predicting a, tw- a 20 games under five hundred record. So, but... I'm picking the Guardians to win the Super World Series. Let's <laughs> say, if they won the Super Bowl, that'd be impressive. But um, I don't know about them winning the Super. Uh, I just said it too. <laughs> <laughs> the World Series. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the Tigers are. They're going to be without Mize, I believe Casey Mize all year, and um, Riley Green should be a really good addition. Not addition. He played there last year, but he should be in his second year, um, the first full season, I believe. Um, he could be really. I mean, he was probably their brightest spot last year as a Tigers fan, and um, hopefully uh, Torkelson gets going. I believe he changed. He went to a smaller bat, and they're saying that should be helping him uh, catch up to the fastballs that he's, I guess, behind. So, um, twenty games under five hundred, I could see them, and that would be optimistic. I wouldn't be surprised at thirty games under five hundred. As long as the Yankees don't win the World Series, I hear yeah. they got all sorts of problems. Starting pitchers are injured left and right. Um, I was listening to CBS Sports. Radio I love watching the Yankees lose. And the Yankees apparently have 18 pitchers that are injured. And as long as they don't win, everything else would be success for the country. Yeah, I love oh, it. And the Astros. The Astros, we no, got to be done with I don't with hate them. that. I don't no, hate I'm done with them. Oh, I'm going all Guardians. Guardians. wonder what changed your love for them. I, I know you're a big Cleveland guy. You know, you're a Browns fan and stuff. 
All right, we're moving on. I know you really like Stefanski as the coach of the Browns. Oh, my God, folks. And I'm the biggest Cavaliers fan there is. I know. I know your heart hurts when Kevin Love got released and traded. Uh, all right. And got so got moved, shipped off to what, Miami? You're going to take your talents down to South Beach? Yeah, exactly. It would help my golf game. I know that That's much. That's true. Uh, with that being loose as a goose. Because, like, you'd be swinging a lot. Okay. Anyways, speaking of my golf game, we are one week away from the greatest week in golf, the Masters. The storylines are through the roof. Something magical is going to happen at Augusta. You got Scotty Scheffler, the best player in the world right now, coming off of a heartbreaking defeat yesterday in the match play. Sam Bates. John Rahm, who is angry. I don't know. John Rahm's John Rahm. You got Roy McIlroy, who, even though he's achieved so much, is kind of like the underachieving superstar going for the career Grand Slam. Then you got, of course, LIV golfers. Does Justin, Dustin Johnson maybe, maybe Sergio, maybe Bryson, maybe Brooks. Does one of them maybe win the Masters? God, I hope not. Tiger Woods is back. Bill Mickelson from LIV as well. And, of course, the Masters always brings in. Fred Couples is obviously too old at this point. But the Masters always has one of those storylines where somebody from the yeah. past Maybe Langer, somebody like that well, comes, I mean, obviously you comes saw out of the woodwork. and What, and Jack won the Masters at, what, 46? Yes. Um, and then he, what, kind of gave a run at it in, like, 2000 again or something like that? Maybe even later no, than it that. it was 98. Oh, I thought it was... Year, it was your Freddie one. Oh, Freddie lost. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, either way. <laughs> I watched that Masters the other day. Uh, it always brings out... I mean, I think it's a lot easier for the older guys to compete there. In 2006, couples battled with Mickelson, and if he would have just made a couple putts, he would have won yeah. the Masters. So, so that always is a good storyline. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, like, I think it's easier for those guys to play Augusta because I don't think it quite requires as much length, obviously, off the tee. And then also, it's those guys just know the course. They, they've obviously played there for as long as they've been a professional um, it's just a lot easier for them to ad- play that course and adapt to the changes at that course than it is obviously anywhere else. Then so. Speed, then Shoffley. Well, Cam Smith. I mean, last we saw Cam Smith, he was the greatest player in the world. Um, can now? Will Patrick Cantley finally get it? Can Justin Thomas, Justin, um, Jason Day's playing as good as anybody yeah. right now? Can Will Zalatoris kind of find? How about Max Homa? I mean, Max Homa is one of the best players in the country yeah. world right now. Cameron Young, can he finally get a victory? Um, or someone like Victor Hovland or, or Hatton? Can Fitzpatrick or Matsuyama come back and win? Like, I mean, the names are pretty, the storyline is there. Um, and then, of course, Patrick Reed, we can't leave him off the list, right? So, no. I mean, the storylines are there. It was a great week this past weekend. You really had four of the biggest names um, in, you know, Rory, Scotty. Sam Burns, Cam Young, and Cam Young. I mean, those are four huge names there in the match play. And next week at this time, we'll preview the Masters. We'll give us some great picks. We'll see what happens. We got the new 13th hole at Augusta National. Um, how will that change things? How will that impact? Of course, the weather. Stevens right. Well, the Masters isn't the longest course in the world. It's becoming longer. And when that golf course is wet, which I have a feeling we're going to have a really wet Masters next week, 
looking at the long range forecast. I mean, that golf course is long, um, playing uphill um, to some of those holes. So the weather plays a big role in it. I'd love to see a fast, firm Augusta National because I think it's more penalizing mm-hmm. um, well, with, yeah. with the slopes. And yeah. I mean, I, let's be honest with you. Uh, like the 11th hole, I mean, you get some crazy bounces with those second shot, yeah. and with those firm conditions, you never quite know what's going to happen. Even the little seventh hole, an easy little hole, small mm-hmm. green, fast, firm conditions. I mean, things can get wild and crazy. So um, I can't, I can't tell you really what I thought about, you know, like how the Masters. I feel like it's been, of course, in 2020 in November it was wet, but yeah. um, it'd be fun to see a fast, firm Augusta National. And see, because I think it brings out the better players then. Because to me, a fast firm Augusta means Tiger Woods has a better chance to yeah. win. Um, I think a wet, soggy Masters sets up for Dustin Johnson to, to, to win the Masters. So I'd love to see fast, firm, tough conditions. If you want to throw in some wind, go for it. Um, but it is without question a tournament unlike any other. And um, I can't wait to be home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm not leaving, folks. I want to work out, but I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'll be able to on Thursday or Friday because I plan on watching the Masters every second of the day from the time I wake up at 8 a.m. until... You can work out afterwards. It doesn't end until 7. Okay. It's open until like 9.30. It is? Yeah. Oh. At least on Thursday and Friday, I believe. So. All right, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. So, um, exciting stuff this week in golf. It was exciting. The match play was fun. But match play... It, you and I were talking in the car yesterday. I mean, match play is different because, you know, every hole's different. You can go gun hole crazy. Winning a major like the Masters, you got to play four solid, smart rounds of golf. And to well, it's me, different than match play when I'm just playing against you versus I'm playing a field of 144 guys or whatever, how many, how big the field is. I mean, you can make a triple bogey as long as I make a double bogey, I win the hole. Yeah. If you make a double bogey in the Masters, you're losing two shots on the field, so... And Augusta National, we know also, like you just pointed out, I mean, usually the same names contend. You know the golf course. Um, I think it's just going to be great. I can't wait to see how Tiger plays. Um, it's just going to be, I think, an unbelievable. You just you never know how many more times you're going to get to see Tiger Woods teed up at Augusta National. And um, honestly, he played pretty good when he played this year. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be fun to see. Um, next week, we'll preview. We'll see what the storylines are. We still are looking to see, can Ricky Fowler win the Texas Open this week to qualify for the Masters? As we know, Ricky loves Augusta National, too. He's come close to winning there. Like, there's still a lot of stuff to be written before next week and Masters week. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just make, it makes you think good things are coming, the Masters. I think you feel like the weather finally changes. And um, spring is eternal. And it ends on Easter Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, how good is that, Easter Sunday? You can eat your ham and spend time with your family and, of course, watch golf. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't bother me for four days because I'll be watching the Masters. Who's bothering you? I got people in my life who bother me. Oh, gotcha. Got it? I'm, I won't bother you. I'll let you watch the golf. I'll let you watch Fred make the weekend. Well, you can text me. Oh, okay. But what if it's about Fred's bad shot on the 15th hole on Friday afternoon? And, now and his, as he was on the cut line. 
And then oh. you'll be like, you'll be very angry because he'll be flirting with the cut line. And I'm going to tell you, Fed Couples is making the cut this year. You He's think playing so? good. Um, he had a top 10 finish. Yesterday. That's fair, though. He usually does play well. And then Sunday is usually the day he plays like his yeah. worst. I don't know what that is. But. It's been fun. I was hoping Fred would win last week or this week because he had um, Joe LaCava back on the bag like old times. I don't know if Joe's going to maybe caddy for Fred the rest of this year as Fred continues to play, but it would be fun. Fred won with Joe LaCava's son on the bag. Um, it'd be fun to see him um, get one more victory with Joe out on the senior tour as he kind of winds down his career. Not going to lie, I, it would have been fun to see him, but I still think it's coming, and I do think Fred Couples makes the cut. Mark it down. Langer, no. Couples, yes. Langer makes the cut every year. He ain't, can't hit it far enough on that course. Oh, boy. Fred Couples makes the cut. Fred, I'm going to tell you something. The 13th hole Fred really doesn't go for anymore since he, of course, from those debacles that he had back in 98. But I'll tell you what, Fred plays that third shot wonderful. Mm-hmm. He loves that third shot at 13. I love the shot. The third shot at 15 is tough. That downhill lie, they say, obviously being so severe. We did go one year and see it. That severe downhill slope. That's a tough third shot, especially if that green's fast and firm. Yeah. Um, I think, especially how tight those fairways are, mm-hmm. I can see you catching it thin. The second hole's always bothered me with him. He's always struggled, but Brett's hitting the driver straight right now. Yeah. And I think he can play a little draw around that corner. And um, that third shot, though, always kind of scares me with him. And the eighth hole, believe it or not, he's always played surprisingly well as well. So the hole that has bit him the most at Augusta National is the seventh hole, that short par four. Um, has done him dirty sometimes. And the 10th hole at Augusta National, again. Well, that's a uh, hole that doesn't really set up for him, though. Yeah, I mean, again, he's always been a cutter of the ball, um, and it was just hard for him to turn that corner. Um, the 11th hole's tough for everybody. And I'll be honest with you, Fred struggles on the 12th hole at Augusta National. Yeah. Pulls it, usually goes long. Um, other than that, you know, I think he's... he's I think he just he's needs to hit into the bank like he did in 92. He's got to do something, because... Oh, my God. There's nothing like me watching Amen Corner and watching Fred Couples on that 12th tee. It gets me every time, folks. So next week we'll talk about it, but I will give you an early line. If you can bet for Fred Couples to make the cut, you better, because I guarantee damn well to you Fred Couples is making the cut. <laughs> people are probably going to listen to you and do it, and then they're going to be mad at you when he doesn't make the cut. Um, I don't know any of these people listening anyway. So oh, okay. That's good. Maybe. As long as you don't feel bad. No, I don't. All right, everyone. So next week we'll see where we are in college football. Oh, my God. Look, I'm already looking at college football. We'll let you know where we are in college basketball season. We'll preview the Masters.